the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. I keep telling you. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. If you appreciate this podcast, please check them out. Download their free investor's guide. They are an integral part of making this show a success. Also an integral part, our guests. Dan Pastorini was a quarterback in the AFL and the NFL. He was a first-round pick, the third overall pick in 1971, played for the Houston Oilers, the Oakland Raiders, the L.A. Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a Super Bowl champ, a great, great guy, ended up drag racing after that. So why now is a guy who could just be enjoying his life post-football, post-drag racing, going to the border? Dan Pastorini went to the southern border to see with his own eyes what he kept hearing about. He lives near Houston, Texas. He has been a resident of Texas for a good part of his life. He had heard the stories, and he also felt compelled to go sort of lift the spirits of Border Patrol. Dan Pastorini has stories, things he saw with his own eyes, that for some reason many of us here in the United States just don't want to hear about or don't want to see. And I don't know why that is. Stuff at the border is happening. It is not a secure border. It is not a secure border. We have the numbers to prove that. We have the receipts, as the cool kids like to say. We've got the gotaways. We've got the footage. We've got the stories. Dan Pastorini joins us with his. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Dan Pastorini joins us from his... You live in Houston still, yeah? I live just north of Houston, a place called the Woodlands, Texas. Ah, I know it well, and certainly Houstonians, Texans know it well, and many Americans know it well. Uh, I, In the introduction, talked all about your accolades in the NFL and so forth. What interests me is why at this point, you decided it was important to go to the border, the southern border of Texas, and see what was going on. What made you go? Well, I had a, um, an invitation from uh, Sonia Moshmeyer, and um, she asked me if I'd like to go, and I said, absolutely. Um, I'm very familiar with the border down here. I do a lot of hunting down at some ranches along uh, southern border. 
And um, she asked to get a couple friends. So Mike Barber and uh, Andy Doris went with us. And um, it was a, an experience that I'll, I'll always remember and never forget. And it's, it's something that's uh, sad uh, to see. Uh, we went down as kind of a humanitarian type of trip to kind of lift the spirits of the Border Patrol because they're receiving such ridicule and criticism and everything uh, from the government as well as the press. And we just wanted to see firsthand. And these people are, are outnumbered, sometimes 50 to 1, 100 to 1 on, uh, uh, on any given day. Uh, and uh, they're, they're expected to do clerical work, which takes them away from their job to be out in the field and, and catch the illegal migrants that are coming across and having to do paperwork and uh, uh, accepting uh, the uh, identifications and everything, just clerical work that they yeah. shouldn't be doing. You mentioned and, that you're, you're really familiar. I'm sorry to interrupt. You're, you're no, mentioned no, that you're familiar with the border, that you've spent some time down there hunting ranches. Yeah. Uh, when did you notice things start to change? In other words, it hasn't always been like this, has it with this mass migration? No, no, no not over the last two years and like under the current administration. I mean, you know, the wall was taken down, uh, the enforcement and backup for the, uh, uh, support for the border patrol agents. Um, they're, they're decreasing in support. They, they don't have the funding. They're spending $12 million a month for a processing facility down at Eagle pass. Now that's just one of 20 entry points into this country on the Southern border. $12 million a month, and they receive everything from medical, uh, housing, food, clothing. They even have, I mean, you wanted to know where all the pablum was? It was all down there in the border uh, when we had the shortage. And it seems like the migrants are getting better care than a lot of the homeless people that we have already in this country and our, our veterans, which really upsets me because this money should be going to those people and the Border Patrol that are helping us, you know, protect this country. We don't we don't have endless supplies of money that just uh, that just isn't <laughs> I guess they we could don't, print but our more, taxpayer but, dollars are going yeah. to something like that and it could be spent elsewhere in a better cause. So when you got down to the border, as you said, to to raise spirits and raise the morale, what was the first thing that sort of struck you as being surprising? The stories that they were telling us, um, just, you know, what they experience every day, like pulling babies out of the river, uh, dead, uh, pulling pregnant women out of the women, out of the river, dead, uh, the rapes of children and women on the border, uh, by the cartels, what they pay to come across. They pay the cartels five to $15,000 per, per person just to get across the border. Now there's no guarantees when they get here and they have to pay it back. If they don't pay it back, their families get killed. They'll get killed. They'll get hunted down. So you're dealing with, you're dealing with a, a cartel budget that is far superior to what we're, we're putting into the patrol to back them up. It does indeed feel like the battle is between the cartels in Mexico and the United States border patrol. And as you said, dollar for dollar we can't keep we can't keep up with that right it, it just or or we refuse to keep up with that um yes, you said it's a, choice. yeah we, we 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 won't 
when you hear administration officials say the border's secure and now you've seen it <laughs> what what aren't they seeing or what don't they know well if they come down here they'd see it but they don't come down here Kamala Harris has not come down here yeah. Joe Biden has not come down here what would so, they see? What did, what did you see? Did you were you able to meet any of the migrants? Were you swayed at all that these are we are often told these are people who are so desperate to leave their circumstances that they'd pay the ten to fifteen thousand, five to fifteen thousand, that they'd cross deserts and rivers? Is it is it that simple? You know, it's. It, it probably can be controlled a lot better, you know, if they had less access. But they have, we, we, I mean, we went for a tour on the boats, for instance, uh, the airboats, for about a two-mile range up and down the river. And there's a guy out there just on the Mexican side of the river, and he's fishing, and he's got his girlfriend with him. She's got a cell phone. So they're, they're kind of creating a diversion for the migrants coming across there so that the cartels are diversified and go around and bring in the drugs on the other, on the other sides while our border patrol are helping these people cross. I mean, they have easy access. There's razor wire down there that we saw and they have their clay come across in the wet clothes. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. They put the damp, the wet clothes on the razor wire. They walk across and they leave that stuff along the border, along the, along the, the shoreline for us to clean up. And it's a constant, that's another waste of money cleaning up after them. And that's on a weekly basis. And, you know, they, they just, they come across, they're received by the uh, military and border patrol agents that are there. And then they're led to the processing center. In fact, we saw a group uh, coming across, we were pulling up behind them on the tour and, our guide said, we'll see them in the processing center in about an hour or so. And sure enough, we saw them in the processing center when we were over there. And when we went into the processing center, I think there were like somewhere between 1,800 and 2,000 uh, migrants there being processed. And it's just a continuum, you know, just coming across all day, all day long. Can you see what happens once they're processed? For instance, they go yeah. into the center, they fill out the paperwork and then what are they to do after that? Are they, are they bust away? Could you, could, did you even have a visual of, of that? Right. Well, they, they get processed and everything else. And this is another thing that 
they're, they're recorded all their meals. Okay. They have to record all their meals. This is the mundane stuff that the border patrol has to account for because if they don't, they'll get a class action suit against them for not taking care of the migrants properly. So they have to record all their meals, all their snacks. And if they miss a meal, you know, and it's not recorded, then it's, it invites lawsuits and they fight that legal battle as well as trying to maintain the humanitarian efforts for the, for the migrants coming in. But yes, they're treated very well. Um, they have uh, everything. I mean, they had snack tables with candy and, and uh, coffee and drinks and uh, crackers and everything, you know, just at their, at their disposal. They and have then a, do, do, do they stay there, Dan, or do they immediately leave? Or is there a plan for them to leave? Do you know where plan, they go from there? They have a plan where they, where they load them on buses and they bus them to different cities throughout the country or planes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the feeling among not only people in your neighborhood, but among Texans, because I, I would have to believe Texas has really borne the brunt. It seems to me of Arizona as well, yeah. but Texas in particular has borne the brunt of this. It, what, what is it like for people who live along the border on the, the U S side of the border to, to be experiencing all this? Well, what, what have you garnered? Well, they have break-ins um, into their properties. Uh, they have uh, trash left all over the place. They've had, I've had friends of mine find, uh, he's found a couple of dead bodies on this, on his property. One had a knife through his heart. Oh. Uh, so and this is, this is inland 60 some miles. Okay. From Falfurious. So it's, it's devastating to them because, you know, you walk out on your property, you've got a beautiful ranch. Excuse me. And you want to enjoy your property. And then you have you see migrants, you know, chains and, and of migrants coming across your property and they're leaving crap all over the place. And uh, they just, you know, continue on. But, you know, these property owners are frustrated for it. I mean, they're they're on the leading the leading edge of the invasion. And this is an invasion. I don't care what anybody wants to call it. It's not a migration. It's an invasion. There are some. There, there was something like 4.2 million came across the border last year, this fiscal year. Mm-hmm. And there were like 850, uh, or no, 200,000, uh, gotaways. Yeah. And those are the people that you, they don't know. They weren't, weren't processed. So they don't know about them. It was more than that. It was 800,000. And the they num- don't know the numbers that. certainly are, are high. It's, we, it's astronomical. Know. I don't know what the exact, the exact figure is, but you know, these are the criminals that they, they, they can't, they don't process because they come across on the, on the outskirts of, of where they're coming across legally. And I want to remind people that those folks who do live on the border, on the U.S. side of the border in Texas and Arizona that own those ranches, yeah. they are taxpaying. Yes. Uh, citizens, they own their property. And I'd like people to imagine for a moment, just in their own backyards, wherever that may be, whether you live in an apartment or a home, just seeing a bunch of strangers who are not taxpaying citizens of this country, traipsing through your yard. It may feel like it's not in your backyard because you're in Minnesota, you're in Wisconsin, you're in Maryland, 
but it's in their backyards and it's in the United States of America. So it, it is all of our problem. When I want to take a quick break, Dan. We're talking with Dan Pastorini, who recently went down to the southern border. And I want to talk to you about what you think would have been different had the wall been completed. It's a, it's a controversial project, you know, particularly because it was <laughs> it was designed under the Trump administration. But I want to get your thoughts on that when we come right back. Sure. There's never been a better time to invest in gold and silver. And legacy precious metals can help you do that. They are such a big part of Sideline Sanity and why we're able to continue with the interviews that we do and talk about the topics that we do. So if you appreciate us, please appreciate them. Go check them out on their website, LegacyPMInvestments.com. And why should you? Because your money needs to be protected. Your wealth, your retirement need to be protected. And you can do that with gold and silver. And Legacy can teach you how to do that. More than anything, they are so customer focused. They will help answer your specific questions. They're not in this to just sell volume, volume, volume. They want to help you figure out what's best for you. What amount can you start with? What amount are you ready to invest for yourself, for your grandchildren, for whatever your long-term investment goals might be? Just talk to the good folks at Legacy Precious Metals. They are really smart caring people who are going to help answer your questions and help you understand why this investment can help you long-term. So again, you can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. Here's the number, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or go to their website. Again, it's LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. We love them and we thank them for their support. Back with Dan Pastorini, who <clears throat> visited the southern border recently, and you, you talk about, the, I've heard this from others, and you, we see the pictures, Dan. We see it. We, we believe what we see because the, the pictures are coming from reliable, credible sources. One of the, the pictures that is, I think, really troublesome for a lot of people is these supplies that were left there when the border wall construction stopped. Right. It just came to a halt. So there's really a, a high number of dollar, a high value amounts of materials that were just left mm -hmm. that were paid for and just left. And the wall was stopped. What did you think of the idea of the wall before it, it, it began construction? What was your opinion on that? I was all in favor of it because that's the only way you're going to be able to control the flow of the migrants into this country. At least it had some semblance of slowing them down. Uh, they were a lot, the agents were able to be uh, along the wall and patrolling it better than being in clerical work inside these processing stations, which they are now. Yeah. But I mean, just over the last two years under the current administration, 4.2 million have crossed the border. And that's a lot of, it's like four cities that have invaded this country. What, what did you, what did you see as the reaction from Texans when the wall stopped construction? What, what, what did people think? What, what was the response to that sort of in a, I don't want to say an emotional way, but in a, a logical sort of what are we doing kind of way. 
Well, it it was an illogical move, but, you know, we all (laughs) said, well, here it comes. You know, we're going to have open borders and they're going to be coming across in in droves. And that's exactly what happened. Before Biden, I think it was like 800,000 crossed the border under under the wall. Okay, that was in a fiscal year. In the last fiscal year, there were four point two million that came across the border. And it wasn't, I think, just the wall. It was also the messaging, although the wall was certainly and, and, and you know, I, I it's interesting to me because before Trump, you know, if we can look back to that, there were people on both sides of the aisle who thought that the wall was a smart idea, was a good mm-hmm. idea. It didn't have to be ugly. It didn't have to be, you know, the entire border. It just needed to be in the right places and allow this sort of slowing mechanism. And, you know, you heard people say, well, people will dig under it. They'll climb over it. Regardless, that may be true, but it slows things down to a point where maybe it's more manageable. It's, it's, look, if you see a flood coming, if you're able to put up a barrier, (laughs) you can slow the flood from, from affecting you. It's, and, and it's, it's simple physics in my estimation and and now we see that because it was Trump that got it started, you know, people love or hate Trump. I don't think there's an in-between. And so they hated, those who hated Trump hated the project. They they put the efficacy and the the logic of it aside and just decided to call it xenophobic. Exactly. But it also allowed the Border Patrol to control the bad guys coming across. Um, now with the open border, they, they, you know, these people are paying money to, to get through and the drug dealers are coming on the outskirts of, of where their checkpoints are and they're not being monitored, at least with the wall, they can't come through there without being monitored. Mm-hmm. And at least it will slow that down to where they can control it better. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to control all the drugs that come across and all the human trafficking that comes across the border. But at least it, it's it's better than what we have now. Yeah. Well, you said your your mission was a humanitarian one. You went to raise spirits, raise the morale of the border patrol. How did you find them to be, and what was their reaction to you being there? It was very um, heartwarming, you know, and and um, they look at us as heroes because you know we played a a game and got a lot of attention and everything else. And we kind of compared the jobs, you know, we played a game once a week for, you know, three months out of the year, but we had six days off, five days off after that game. These people suit up 24 seven. They're there eight to 12, 10, 12 hour days. And they're outnumbered and they're disgruntled. They're depressed. And we just wanted them to know that there are heroes and we appreciate the efforts and the work they do. They need good people, good men and women on that border. And then we need and our country needs good men and women on that border. And we are blessed to have those there now. Um, I hope that it turns around to help them. We're going to do everything we can to champion their efforts because we're for them. I mean, we're behind them all the way. I mean, we're on the front line here. If it continues this way, it's going to be ugly. And and the cities along 
Houston, Dallas are not going to be immune. They're, it'd be like another border. So we need we need to put a stop to this and we need to get control of it. And so that being said, I encourage everybody to go vote. You, you said they're disgruntled and depressed. Yeah, that that it's it's so troubling to me because I'm in your camp, whereas I look at these men and women as selfless, as yeah. heroic, as strong, as tough and as trying to do the right thing. So to hear that they're depressed, it depresses me. How did you see that? Is it just their mood? Is it you know, how, how do you see that manifest itself? I don't know if I touched on this, but here's an example of of uh, what they what they go through. Say they um, forget their lunch to bring their lunch to work one day and they're there. They're not allowed to eat in the cafeteria. The Border Patrol agents are not allowed to eat in the cafeteria. Why? Because it's for the migrants. So you forget your lunch, you just go hungry. Forget your lunch, you go hungry. Or you got government won't feed you. And you know the sad part, they're paying that wall, that that processing center with their tax dollars. Mm-hmm. So I mean, how would you feel? And the government won't even let you have a meal if you forget because you're late for work after your twelve hour day the day before. Yeah. Yeah. The world seems upside down to me, Dan. I don't it know. Is. It just it is, Michelle. It is that. I agree with you. It's and I I it I hear more and more from people who don't want to speak publicly, who are very well known, whether they're athletes, broadcasters, whoever, and they're they're scared. I mean, they're they're flat out fearful for the future of the country, and it, it that may sound like hyperbole, but when you consider how divided we are, and it's not just like, oh, we disagree on this or that. It's as though if you don't agree with me on one thing, then you are my mortal enemy. And this this border is a contentious issue, and I don't know why that is. Countries have borders for a reason. Canada has yes. a border. They, yes. they, don't, they don't want us in their country unless we've shown a passport or a negative COVID test, et cetera, et cetera. People love to go fishing up in Canada, but you can't unless you tick off all the boxes that they require. I don't understand why this is looked at as, as such a cruel thing. We, are, we, we, want to, we can't help the entire world, and yet the entire world... Uh, that's that is hyperbole, but so many people do want to come here from all over the globe, and I know down at the border they're not just seeing South American, Central American citizens; they're seeing people from all over the globe exactly. fly into Mexico City or whatever, and then try to come up. You're getting every every kind of terrorist coming across that border there is out there, and there's no telling how many are here in this country with our sanctuary cities allowing them you know, sanctuary in our own country where we can't even go into those sanctuary cities. We're not allowed in those sanctuary cities. How hypocritical is that? And how screwed up is that? We have to do something. And I don't know what it is, but we need to get leadership in this country that will stand up and and stop this madness, like you said. Uh, you know, we take take pictures of all these guys and these women. <clears throat> we'd like to post on Facebook and, and say, you know, 
these people are really heroes and they're, they're really hardworking and we support them and everything else. <clears throat> you can't post a picture without blurring them out, blurring the faces of the border patrol out because the cartels will assassinate them. So where's the security? Where's the protection? These people don't even have protection. It's, it's, it's frustrating. I, I'm, I feel grateful to you for having gone there. Well, I'm being able to tell us for, for, for hearing us out and, you know, and I, I just us. want to hear from people who've been there. I've been invited yeah. to go. I've got a, a couple of kids here. I, it's hard for me to get away and go. So that's well, why you I want to go. Sonia, Andy, <laughs> Mike, and I will take you. And we'll I so to go back there. I appreciate that. Well, I, you know, Brian Urlacher was on with us a couple few weeks ago and he said yeah. the same thing. He hopes to go back because he really feels for these border patrol agents. I mean, that was his big takeaway was how, how hurt he was for them that they're trying so hard and that he sensed that they're fighting a losing battle. And it's, yeah. it's not for lack of their effort. It's for lack of support for them. Is that kind of your takeaway? Yes. It's like that football game. You're getting your butt kicked. <laughs> And you just want the clock to run out. Oh, God. <laughs> oh I, I've I've been there. I've seen some of those, Dan. Yeah, I've know. seen some of those. I've been through a lot of those. <laughs> oh, my phone just went off. I apologize for that. Okay. And I've got that uh, Rolling Stones song. Hopefully, the en- found that entertaining. I like um, the listen, I, I like I said, I appreciate your you're telling the story of what you saw, and it it measures up very much to what Brian Urlacher saw. And what we're hearing about, and for some reason, some people are just in total denial of, and I'm, I'm not sure why that is. I, I just am not sure. Do you have a theory about that or why some people do not want to see this, do not want to look or are simply in denial of it? I think there's a lot of politicians that are getting paid off that, you know, turn the other By way. By whom? Who would pay them off? The cartels. There's a lot of car. I mean, come on, there's. How do these guys get this money for their their war chest to get elected and these millions of dollars? I'm not going to name names, but, you know, that you see these people. What do they do with that money to run their campaigns? You know, it's there's a lot of under under the table payoffs that are in this country. And that's you're never going to you're never going to end it all. But there's got to be a way to curb it and at least, you know, get judges that will prosecute these people. And put them in jail. Make these processors, these processing centers, make those jails for the people that deserve to be in jails. Mm-hmm. Only don't give them all the benefits and perks that they have now for the illegal migrants. It is a contentious subject. Is that is that your phone now? Are we tied one to one on Sorry. phone ringing? <laughs> okay. No, that's good. I feel better. I feel like I, we're on an even playing field now that we've each had our phone ring during the podcast. Uh, it is a contentious topic, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why people aren't seeing this as a threat to safety, public safety in America, which is something I think people really want. And I, I'm a little baffled. Yes, we want to be a compassionate country. We absolutely do. We do. But in doing so, we can't get over our skis and just say, Everybody come on in um, when you are inviting risk. Invariably, you're inviting risk in that case. Dan Pastorini, I I hope to talk to you again. 
maybe next time you go, um, maybe I'll go with you, but I, I, I do appreciate you coming on and telling the story. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. The great Dan Pastorini folks. Thanks for listening to sideline sanity. Be brave and have your voice heard about this stuff. Do good. We do want to do good in all of this, but doing good also means protecting innocence here at home. Thanks for listening. Happy to talk once again with Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. You know, I think it still is confusing to people, uh, some people, uh, as to why a precious metals investment would be a worthwhile one, particularly at this time when they're thinking, I'm doing all I can to put gas in the car. Why is now a particularly good time? And we'll go from there to how small of an investment is worthwhile for someone. You know, great question. And I think the the importance of why really comes into the fact that we have to save for ourselves, whether it's a little here, a little there, whether it's making it a plan and putting out so much paycheck, whether it's making sure we fund our retirement account. We have to realize we are responsible for ourselves in the long run. <laughs> you mean that no one else is going to ride up and save us, you know, on some white steed? It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. You know, the, and anyone who's promising to do that is getting ready to take advantage of you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so so if if I'm an investor, a potential investor, and I'm looking at legacy precious metals and I'm saying to myself, yeah, I, I, this sounds smart. I don't have a lot to spend. What would you tell that person? I would say do what you can. If you never start, you never get there. So the most important step you can take is saying, I'm going to take care of myself and my family. I'm going to make it a plan. I'm going to take action. I'm going to start in the way that's comfortable for me. That's the important thing. The first step is always the hardest. But once you take that first step, the second step is easier. And then you're moving. And then once you're in motion, it's hard to stop you. So that first step, most important step. I always tell people they can call and talk to an IRA expert or, or check out the, the guide that they can download for free, the investor's guide. What, what is the number one question that you get from people who are first-time investors? The biggest question I get, is this right for me? That is the question. And that comes from everyone. So, so everyone's asking the same, is this right for me? And yet we're all so unique. And, and yet it, it is a sound investment for just about any portfolio, isn't it? It is. We, even though we're all unique, that uniqueness is going to tailor the way we begin the investment. Okay. But we're all in the same situation. That's the one thing I think we seem to forget in today's society. Whether you agree with somebody or not, we're in this together. America is in this transition that we're in right now. We're dealing with the same issues. Some people like them, some don't, but we're all in it together, right? So the need is the same. How we prepare and how we invest is what changes from person to person, but we all have that same need. It's a great point. And again, I encourage people to, to, to just make the call, pick up the phone. That step is always the hardest. I'm not sure why that is in any kind of effort that you make in life, whether it's weight loss or exercise or investing some way to better your life. It always seems like that first hurdle is, is the challenge. Uh, but when they call, who who are they going to talk to? Who what what's going to be on the other end of the line for them? Great question. You're going to speak with one of our customer representatives. 
and their job is not to sell you metals, right? But we have a much different approach. We're going to answer all your questions. We're going to show you what options you have. And on the rare occasion, this isn't right for you. We're going to say this probably isn't right for you. Um, we have a gold company here, but you know, I, I say it all the time. What we actually deal in is customer service. We want each and every individual that calls to get the answers they need to be able to make the decision that's right for them. And we want to do that in a way that's not pushy, that's not salesy. And that's what makes my team so special. We care about each and every caller. And we're going to show you what options you have, and then you get to make an informed decision. So don't be afraid of the phone call. It's the best thing you can do. And this is why I am so honored and I feel privileged to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. They're the ones that I'm going to deal with. And I encourage you to pick up the phone, give them a call, even easier. Go check out their their guide. It's a free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. But as you said, Charles, pick up the phone. You're going to talk to someone who can answer your specific questions and get get the ball rolling, get, get started, do something that is a long-term play for your family's benefit. Charles, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be here. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.